You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 26. It is time. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so they can feel secure about their family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. All right, all right, all right, here we go one more time. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am the host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. That is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and I want to thank you very much for tuning in for today's podcast. Hey, in this episode, we're going to talk about diversification. Why should you diversify? But before we get started, I wanted to mention just a couple of things. First, by now, I have reached out to everyone who I needed to send still a free download, some of you weeks and weeks late. And through this whole process, I learned a whole lot about automation when it comes to websites and double checking things and making sure everything's in order when you offer up a free this or a free that. So things are, I think, fixed right now and I'm actually moving on to a new system, hopefully here very soon. Just all kinds of stuff that's that's in the background that you won't even notice. But for me, it should be slicker and easier because honestly, this podcast is more my hobby than anything else. My day job, I am a certified financial planner and the president and owner of a company called Fortress Planning Group. That's where the majority of my time is spent. But this podcast, I started some months ago because I really, really enjoy doing podcasts and reaching out to people and giving advice on a variety of topics so that people can make, and you, my friend, can make more educated decisions when it comes to your wealth. So when it comes to my website, though, I'm hoping that the glitches are fixed or at least uh, I'll be able to catch anything on time and move on to this new system. So I'm happy for that. Thank you, everybody, for your understanding. The other thing I wanted to bring up before we get started on the topic of the day is I'm kind of a podcast junkie. I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and I was listening to one yesterday that was interviewing a guy named Michael Hyatt. He just wrote a book and had just an awesome quote, him and the co-author, I'm not even sure who it was, but he gave this quote during the podcast, and the quote is, no one ever drifted to a destination they would have chosen. Think about that for a second. No one ever drifted to a destination they would have chosen because drifters kind of just end up where they end up. This quote is not that much different than Stephen Covey who coined uh, the phrase, start with the end in mind. And both of these quotes are kind of morbid because it makes you have to think about death and nobody really wants to think about death. But when you face it and you realize that eventually we are all going to die, we're not 
going to be part of this world anymore. Now you can start to frame some things like, how do you want to be remembered? Because when you can answer that question, I think it makes and brings out clarity to so many other things. How do you want to be remembered to your spouse, to your kids, to your friends, to your coworkers, to strangers? How do you want to be remembered? And secondly, what do you want to accomplish before you die, i.e. your bucket list? How do you want to be remembered and what do you want to accomplish? Man, when you have a grasp on those two things, I feel like you will no longer be a drifter because as long as you're working towards the things you want to accomplish and how you want to be remembered, you are no longer a drifter. Now you have a plan. You have a list. I know, Scott, here we go with the whole list stuff again. But if you start living on purpose, then you have a life of purpose. For me, I'm not just talking to you because I think I have a long way to go on this journey to figure out exactly how I want to be remembered. For me, I just knew that I needed to get my finances in order. I needed to get investing right. I needed to get my cash flow right, my insurance right, my estate planning right, my taxes right. All of those things because that helps this whole well-oiled machine of you perform better. And when you're performing better, well, now you can start to think about things and be proactive in your life and not reactive. And being proactive means now you start thinking about how you want to be remembered and what you want to accomplish. So as we go down this journey together in this podcast, my job I'm realizing is twofold. One, I really want to be an educator for you so that you can make smarter decisions about your financial future. But number two, I want to keep motivating you because the more motivated you are, the more proactive you will be. And in the end, you will be remembered the way you want to be remembered and you will accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. All right. Let's get to the topic of the day. Why should you diversify? And in today's context, we're going to talk about diversifying your investments. But the definition of diversify, according to Webster's Dictionary, is to change something so that it has more different kinds of people or things. That's the definition. To break it down to easy terms, variety, diversify, variety, very close to the same. Besides investments, how do you diversify? I thought about that question and, you know, I think about when I ask my wife out on a date and we're going to go out to dinner, I give her choices because I know that if I just say, baby, where do you want to go out to eat? She'll shrug her shoulder and say, I don't know. What do you want to do? And I'll say, I don't know. What do you want to do? And it'll just end up in some big, weird web. But when I'm intentional about asking my wife out on a date night, I'll give her two or three choices to choose from on restaurants. It makes it real easy. And guys, let me just give you a couple of pointers real quick. We are horrible. I mean horrible at organizing anything socially. And that means 
getting the friends together or asking your wife out on a date. We are horrible at being intentional about those kinds of things. Last year, I instituted a new policy in my life. Every two months, ask my wife out on a date. And I was going to do all the planning that was getting the babysitter, figuring out the couple of places we were going to eat, all of that business I was going to figure out. And man, that helped me in other areas of my life, if you know what I mean. So guys, back to diversification. When I give my wife two or three different places, I'm diversifying. I'm giving her different choices to eat. I'm diversifying the decision. Companies also diversify their business. If companies are selling a couple of products, they're constantly trying to find new products or services to diversify their business so they can keep their income stream going. It's very important in business to diversify, keep the revenue up. But why should you diversify your portfolio and what does it really mean? I'm going to attempt to answer that question because some people come into my office and they say, Scott, I am invested in the S&P 500 or the Vanguard total stock market index or whatever, some index that seems to be very diversified. So I, Scott, I'm already diversified. Well, I am telling you today, let's look at taking diversification to a whole new level. Stock markets in the start of 2016 have experienced a very sharp decline. In the last few weeks, things have been coming back up some, so that's been great. But a lot of people, especially when we experience sharp declines, they want to reevaluate their asset allocation. And U.S. stocks have outperformed other developed countries and emerging markets over the last few years. So there's investors that are reevaluating the benefits of investing outside the U.S. From January 1st, 2010, through February 29th, 2016, the S&P 500 index has an annualized return of 11.66% per year. Wow, that's a lot. But the MSCI world, excluding U.S. index, so that's the other developed countries, have returned 2.26% per year. Horrible compared to the U.S. And the Emerging Markets Index, the MSCI, has returned a negative 2.2% per year in that same time frame. Wow, just horrible. While there's many reasons a U.S.-based investor may prefer a home bias in their equity portfolios, meaning they want to stack their investments to the U.S., using return differences over the last few years as the sole input into this decision will result in missed opportunities that diversifying over many different countries offer. See, we recognize that stocks in non-U.S. developed and emerging markets have delivered horrible returns relative to the U.S. over the last few years. However, it's important to remember these two things. International stocks help provide valuable diversification benefits. And this goes right back into episode number 24, 
diversification benefits can equal reduced volatility or reduced risk. And that's what we're trying to achieve. And number two, guys, recent performance is not a reliable indicator of future returns. Just looking past or just looking back a few years does not show the total picture of diversification benefits. There is a world of opportunity in stocks. The global equity market is huge and represents a world of investment opportunities. About half of the investment opportunities globally lie outside of the United States. And let me illustrate that for you real quick. When you look at all the reliable stock exchanges around the world, currently the United States stock exchanges represent 52% of the market capitalization of the opportunities that we have to invest. And the other larger developed countries, the next largest would be Japan, represents 8%. United Kingdom, 6%, Germany, 3%, and so on. And in the emerging markets, the number one market is China, which represents 3%. And that seems a little misleading, but as investors, most shares in China are considered A shares and available only to China residents. So we, as U.S. investors, have a 3% stake in China. China, because that's what's representative of the investments, the reliable stock exchanges where, that we have available to invest. There is just a huge opportunity, though. So those who are investing simply in the United States are only taking advantage of about half of the markets. And I know some people tell me, well, Scott, these 500 companies, this S&P 500 index of the 500 largest U.S. companies, they're doing business all over the world. So I am diversified. Well, let's move on and answer that question. Does anyone remember the lost decade? The lost decade happened between 2000 and 2009. And when we examine the potential opportunity during this period, The S&P 500 index recorded its worst ever 10-year performance with a total cumulative return of negative 9.1%. So basically about negative 1% per year averaged annualized. However, when you look beyond U.S. large cap equity or U.S. large cap stocks, Conditions were so much more favorable for global investments. For example, the MSCI index, which is the world excluding USA, returned 17.47%. The the world value index returned 48.71%. The small cap MSCI world, excluding the USA index, delivered 94.33%. Emerging markets index, 154%. The emerging markets value, 212%. All while the US S&P 500 index delivered negative 9 So those during that so-called lost decade who were globally diversified 
actually did quite well compared to folks that were just invested in the United States. Now, this should reinforce why you, an investor, pursuing stock premiums should consider a global allocation. By holding globally diversified portfolio, investors are positioned to capture returns wherever they occur. So can we just pick a particular country and are there systematic ways to identify which countries will outperform others in advance? Well, I'm going to put in the show notes a download for a graph that illustrates the randomness in country equity market rankings from highest to lowest for 19 different developed countries over the past 20 years. This graph is so cool. I highly encourage you to come and download this graph. It will show you how difficult it would be to execute a strategy that relies on picking the best country. And it will show you that concentrating a portfolio in any country, the U.S. or any other country, can expose investors to large variations in returns. The difference between the best and worst performing countries can be significant. One example is in 1996, the average return of the best performing developed country was 37.5%, while the average return of the worst performing country was negative 15.7%. That's since 1996. Over the last 20 calendar years, the U.S. has been the best performing country twice and the worst performing once. Diversification implies an investor's portfolio is unlikely to be the best or the worst performing. However, diversification provides the means to achieve a more consistent outcome and more importantly, helps reduce and manage catastrophic losses that can be associated in investing in just a small number of companies or a single country. And that's what we're after when we are investing like a family steward. We're not gambling our money. We're not putting our bets on just a few companies or a single country because investing is not about hitting a home run. So few people hit a home run in investing. The more likely turnout with an undiversified portfolio is stress and grief and loss and wonder and doubt about the stock market. Listen to me closely, friends, about a diversified approach. Over long, not short, but long periods of time, you can benefit from consistent exposure in your portfolio to both U.S. and non-U.S. companies. While both asset classes offer a potential to earn positive expected returns in the long term, they may perform quite differently over shorter cycles. That's evident in the graph that I'm going to put in the show notes. But while the performance of different countries and asset classes will vary over time, there is no reliable evidence that performance can be predicted in advance. An approach to stock investing that uses global opportunity 
set available to you can provide both diversification benefits, which will help reduce risk, as well as potentially higher expected returns. Diversification is your best friend when it comes to investing. Diversification is one of the steps to a better investment experience. Go to bestinwealth.com and download the report, 10 Steps to a Better Investment Experience and learn about the other nine. When you're invested in just the S&P 500, you're in 500 companies, you may think that you are in a diversified portfolio. When I build portfolios for clients, we're invested in almost 12,000 companies. We do this so we can reduce risk and increase expected return. Isn't that what investing is all about? So go to bestinwealth.com right now. Look on the right-hand side. Click on your free report and download it today. And go to iTunes and subscribe to the Best in Wealth podcast. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I hope you have an unbelievable week ahead. I hope you start working on your list. What do you want to accomplish in this world? How do you want to be remembered? Man, I want to know right now how I want to be remembered. One thing is I want to be remembered as having a good podcast. I'm going to keep working on getting better and better, folks. You guys have an unbelievable week. Guess where I'll see you? On the flip side. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance with compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.